Hi everyone, and welcome to the Black Soul Music Experience. I'm your DJ and host, Sam Wilson Jr., as I bring you the history of black music, gospel, jazz, blues, old school classic soul, old school hip hop, today's hip hop and R&B, Caribbean, Latin, Afrobeat, Afro-Latina, Blue-Eyed Soul, Disco, Go-Go, Line Dances, and The Lost 45s. So come with me as I take you on a trip to the history of Black music, right now on the Black Soul Music Experience. I'm Sam Wilson Jr. and this is the Black Soul Music Experience. As you know, we are celebrating 50 years of hip hop. So on this episode of the Black Soul Music Experience, I had the pleasure to bring back one of my guests, my friend and colleague who's a producer for CBS News. And yes, she got a chance to check out the Universal Hip Hop Museum in the Bronx, New York, which will be opening soon. And we'll talk about some other things in music. What was her favorite hip hop musicians? And we're going to talk about the day when hip hop was invented. I'm very glad that she's back with me on my Black Soul Music Experience podcast for the second time. And I hope you enjoy this interview too. So let's bring back my special guest, my friend and colleague from CBS News, Miss Tanya. Dunham. Welcome to the Black Soul Music Experience. I'm Sam Wilson Jr. And in case you may not know, we are celebrating 50 years of hip hop. So on this episode of the Black Soul Music Experience podcast, I am very delighted to have back with me my friend and colleague who's a producer for CBS News. In case you may not know, we did the interview on the memory of Prince. And yes, Prince's birthday was in the month of June, celebrating Black Music Month. So on this episode of the Black Soul Music Experience podcast, we are celebrating 50 years of hip hop. And yes, she was on special assignment to check out what was the festivities in the Boogie Down Bronx. So let's welcome back my friend and colleague from CBS News, Miss Tanya Dunham. Hi, Tanya. How you doing? Hey, Sam. How are you? Glad to be back. Yes. Welcome back to my podcast. I see that you've been very, very busy. <laughs> I'm not sure the same, but I am busy. It's uh, uh, hip-hop anniversary. Yes, so yes, we're gonna talk about that. So, uh, give me the four one one. What was your experience at the Universal Hip Hop Museum, which will be opening in the year twenty twenty four? Well, listen, Sam, I was I was amongst legends on August eleventh for the uh, hosting at the new Hip Hop Museum uh, in, in the Bronx. It was just something magical because I didn't think I was going to see as many people out there for the toasting, and it just turned into something 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 so beautiful, where, you know, 
during my childhood, I'm a hip hop fan. I am a hip hop junkie. That is my I am hip hop. I love hip hop music, dances, and clothes. Okay, I grew up in that era, era just like you did and many others and everything. But it's really it was really special to me to be a part of that celebration and toasting at the new museum because um, we were celebrating 50 years. A lot of people didn't think they was going to make it, and they did. Now, how's the museum look like from the outside? Because I'm not, I'm gonna check it out later on before it opens. Yeah, well, you know, it opens up in 2024. Uh, it's a tall building. Uh, I think it has. Uh, well, first of all, Mayor Adams gave 5.5 million dollars for this Universal Hip Hop Museum, and then it's literally uh, a 22-story building that's going to have residential units in there, about a thousand of them, I think, and. Um, down below is the hip hop museum. So when you look, when you go up the stairs to go to the, I don't know if there's another entrance, maybe there will be, but the entrance that we went in, it started off with stairs and then like a, a patio, um, eating week type area, like a rooftop area where you can have a party or whatever. When you go inside, they're still building, they're still constructing what's inside, but on the outside, the uh, on the windows of the museum, when you're walking up the stairs, you see um, lyrics from Great Biggie Smalls, which was it was all a dream. And you never thought hip hop take it this far. So that's written on the on the the um, I guess the wall of the museum. When you first walk up the stairs, you know, um, beautiful pictures of great uh, Biggie Smalls. You know, uh, public public enemy and so many more. I can't even name uh, all of them because I didn't get a good picture of them, but uh, uh, it was something beautiful. It's just going to be a beautiful space for this uh, hip-hop museum. Now, were you there for the concert at Yankee Stadium or the Black Party at 1520 Sedgwick Avenue? Okay, so I was going to go. I didn't go to the Yankee Stadium because I knew that was going to be a hot mess for me. <laughs> for me, and since I did so much, I would love to have gone to Yankee Stadium, but I had put in my bid for my press passes a little too late. And then um, it, it was just it was there was like thousands of people there from all over the world. That's what I'm understanding. All over the world, people traveled to come to this concert to be a, a, a part of history. This is this is definitely history. Um, I didn't go to the block party Saturday myself because I think I did enough Friday. <laughs> did you go at all? You're in the block, right? Yeah, but um, I was at Prospect Park on the weekend on that Saturday. I was with my cousins for for our annual Wilson Dix cookout. And we do this every August. We do it on the second Saturday of August. So I was out there promoting my podcast because not all of my cousins know what a podcast is or how to listen to it. But when I met one of my new cousins, he knew where my podcast was. Oh, wow. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, but I heard the block party was off the chain, like, Thousands of people were that. It said, "How do you pronounce it?" Because I call it Sed Sedgwick. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, it's Sedgwick Avenue. Yeah, yeah. So there were thousands of people. There was a hundred, yeah, hundreds, say thousands of people there there at the block party. Um, it was just like on Friday because Friday it kicked off at the new museum, 
Then it moved over to the Mill Pond Park, which is, which is right next door to it. And then they had several of the greats performing and everything. So it was really nice. And I'm sure the block party was nice too, but there were certain parts because they were, they were, they were literally doing the, um, the, the toasting, the toasting and, and saying, you know, um, celebrating 50th uh, hip hop inside the room where the first DJ played hip hop music, I guess, uh, with um, KRS-One and some other great legends. It was just a small one, no press, no people were allowed in there. It was like an intimate moment for the great, you know? Um, yeah, we weren't a part of that. We weren't a part of that at all. Um, but I'm sure the people out in the public were just, just dancing and having a good time with, with the great now, speaking of that, how are uh, any of your favorite old school hip hop artists that you met for the very first time? Um, now, this is funny. The people that I did meet, uh, the only person that I met for the first time was CJ um, Red Alert. Like, I've seen him around uh, and stuff like that, but I never met him until that day. Um, and uh, I didn't meet, this my first time was meeting Scorpio from Grandmaster Flash. Um, but I did meet a lot of uh, hip-hop artists there when I was there. Um, I met Grandmaster Flash Millie Mel from Grandmaster Flash in Series 5 back when I was 14 years old. And then 50 years later, well, it's not 50 years later, but, you know, decades later, I meet him again. That was special. I have a picture of him, me and him when I was 14 in Germany. That's when I first had him. We were informing overseas. So that, was, that was a beautiful thing. Now, where were you when hip-hop was invented? Um, so hip-hop was invented in 1973, I believe, right? Yes, 1973. Uh, I was like three or four years old. So I was probably in Texas. <laughs> in Texas, where were you? You were where were you when it was? Uh, do you know the first song for hip hop? Well, I wasn't around until I first heard it back in 1979. But during my time, um, the only two soul artists that I knew was the late Isaac Hayes and the late Barry White, and they bought us some thing called Yugoistic rap. In other words, they would either talk or rap and then segue into the song. That was during my time. My late grandfather had the Isaac Hayes LP, and I just got exposed to it. And then my late mother had the Barry White LP. And then by in Christmas of 1975, my mom and I, we went to Jamaica. I uh, went to see my stepfather. We visited him for the holiday, and I started playing his music. I was playing all the 45s before you start the song and then flip it over. And then I was playing some of the instrumental versions. And then that's when the dubbing came in later. And that's when the Jamaican Patois rapping came in. And then came the birth of the 12-inch singles came in. That, that paved the way for Donna Summer. That paved the way for other artists. And they started doing that 12-inch single. First it was on a 45. Now it was a 33-regular-inch LP. And I didn't hear the first song, Rapper's Delight, came out 
1979. First, to start out with Good Times, performed by Sheik. And then when I heard it, I was like, yeah, now I remember now, because like I said earlier, I was playing the Jamaican reggae song, and then I flipped it over the side B, and that's when you hear the instrumental version. That's when they started doing a rapping patois. And that's when she came in, and then now the Sugar Hill Gang came in and said, you know, we're going to rap it over the instrumental in the middle. Yeah, Sugar Hill Gang, I was, I was, what was that? I was in Florida when the first rap, no, now Rapper's Delight was, the Sugar Hill Gang was the first um, song, the rap people who got signed. There was plenty more before that, but they're the first one, quote unquote, to be signed with a label and played on the radio. So, yeah, before night, for Rapper's Delight, I was a preteen. Uh, living in Florida, singing, singing, um, Hotel, Motel, Holiday Inn. <laughs> and then, uh, Curtis Lowe, Curtis Lowe was, I think Curtis Lowe was first, right? No, second after that with, um, what was, uh, Curtis Lowe, basketball? Um, Curtis Blow was the second one, but he was the first major artist that was on the Mercury Polygram label. And his first thing was called Christmas Rap. That was the one that I heard. Right. Okay, yes. I remember the Christmas Rap. So definitely um, I was in Florida for both of them when rap started. But when I really started listening to rap music, I was, what, 13, 12, 13 years old. And that's when African Bombado was coming out with their Planet Rock. And I think Planet Rock just set the tone and pace for all rap music in that, in that era at that time. Because all kinds of um, electronic, um, what do you call those, that music era? It was rap, but it was more like electronic. You know, like Man Parish and uh, what's it, um, who sings, um, uh, what's the song? Oh, Nucleus, or Nucleus for, um, that song, Jam On It? Jam On It, yes. Jam On It, yeah. So it was sort of like a new age technology, tech, tech thing that I was a part of when I was young. In my young teens, I'll be up until now, you know? Now. Well, rap's changed since, since then, but, you know. I think, I believe, this is my opinion, I believe African Bombada had that, uh, with that Planet Rock beat. I mean, everybody knows the beat set the tone for all the rap music for that genre during that time for the next maybe five or six years. Now, now, where were you when breakdancing was invented? Because that was kind of new to me. And when I was there in 1982, I was a daycare counselor, my first summer job at St. Margaret's Church in the Bronx, New York. And I went with some of the other counselors. We took the kids to the Police Athletic League, or POW, and they were started doing their breakdancing contest. So I don't know how they did it. They just had to get like a floor towel and just paste it on something. You got to get that warm-up suit, and you got to get the best sneakers in order to do your thing. So were you around when breakdancing was invented? Oh, yeah, I definitely was. Listen, I was... I was in between Queens, New York, and Germany. That's where I, you know, you know, I'm a military brat, so I have to say that first. And when I mentioned overseas, I grew up in between the states and overseas, where my dad was stationed at. At the time, when hip hop was breakdancing was coming about, um, I was I was in New York City, 
um, with my granddad, the grandmother, um, in Queens, New York. And then uh, went overseas, and it was it was over there. People were it was just everywhere. It was everywhere. You would think it would be just in New York. Break dancing was in overseas too. So yes, I did wear my uh, Puma outfits, sweat outfits, my Puma shoes, my sneakers, laces, girls, and uh, Tango and and uh, Gazelle. And I even had a name belt. So I was all tricked out in my hip hop gear whenever I was with my friends or anything like that, because that's what we like to do and everything. My friends did break dance. I didn't get on the floor and do all that spinning stuff, but I did, I was uh, a part of a, uh, a, I forgot the name of the break, the break dance crew I was a part of, but I definitely did my thing. I did dance, break dance. I did. Yeah, that that's very hard to do. So when I first saw it for the very first time, you got to be prepared and, you know, professional, you know, like I said earlier, got to get that floor towel, place and press and put on something, the warm-up suit and um, type of sneakers. Now, there was something new. Speaking of sneakers, I see it was something new. Instead of tying your sneakers, I've seen so many, everybody was, you know, unlacing their sneakers. I was like, is that something new, the fashion? I was like, even my late mother w- would say the same thing. What kind of style is that, you know, unlaced sneakers and things like that? Oh, yeah. So so hip-hop brought a lot of fashion, a lot of it. Still to this day, it's bringing fashion uh, around the world and everything. Like I said, it just started in the Bronx, but it spread all through the world. The world is hip-hop. So fashion, the, the unlaced the, the unlaced sneakers that you were, ta- you were talking about, um, some of them had uh, laces maybe, they were uh, put in there weird or something like that, but they didn't tie them, they stuffed the laces in the shoes, I think. But back in that era, fat laces were in, that was what was in. So you had neon laces, you had fat white laces, whatever whatever you, color you were wearing, you match your laces on there. So I, like I said, I was a Puma girl, I loved Puma. But Adidas was was the thing. First of all, Run DMC came out with that song, My Adidas. So everybody ran and got Adidas wear sneakers and, and sweats and, and everything. But in order for you to be a break dancer, the, the hip-hop apparel for break dancing was either Adidas or Puma, maybe even Nike. But back then, it was Adidas and, and Puma. You were hot if you wore those two things. Now, speaking of fashion, um, I was at Truman High School in the Bronx, New York. I was a freshman when I first got there in 1981. And when I first saw all of the students, as you just mentioned, hip-hop fashion, you know, not only the sneakers, they're unlaced, and I don't know what they do with it. I've seen so many fashions just came out, British walkers and ladies had those leg up warmers and everybody had those leather bombers and sheepskin coats i'm saying to myself is this fashion school or you gotta go to school to learn and, and things like that were you around when those fashion things that I, that that came around as i just mentioned yeah definitely around i mean you were around it i was around it i mean if you're you you've been around for 50 years or, or a little less or whatever you definitely saw some 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 uh, some crazy fashion when it came to hip hop. I mean, like, like I said, you know, girls had their hair stacked up. Um, I can't 
time. Let's just use salt and pepper. Salt and pepper has the perfect stack, the asymmetrical stack pair. Um, that took a lot of time to do the bamboo earrings. Um, uh, what was back then? The fanny packs and stuff. I never liked the fanny packs because I was silly. But um, uh, what else was going on with uh, the hip hop? I'm just going to talk about me because I know what I used to wear. I was, like I said, I loved to dance. So um, I was always wearing my Puma or Adidas uh, uh, sweatsuits along with my fat lace, fat lace, fat lace uh, sneakers. So, and my, and listen, listen, gold gazelles um, were in too. So I used to like to wear my gold gazelles because they look good on me. And uh, Tango. Now, did you own a Tango? Do you have a Tango? Well, I never heard of Kangos, or my late mother never heard of Kangos, but um, um, we, my late mother was into fashion too back in 1984. You know, we, we mentioned the personalized belts. And when I was in Truman, I've seen so many of my classmates, uh, guys and the girls, they, they had those personalized belts. I said to myself, how did they do that? And how did they, you click them on? You know those personalized belts and things you know that that paved the way for madonna and you know speaking of that you know all the fashion had came out including those muscle bound sleeveless shirts and my late mother bought this stuff i said i ain't wearing this hey i hate wearing those sleeveless shirts i'm like i ain't down with the crew and then you remember back then when we had those dungarees and by the time it started wearing out, when you looked at something in the in between the you know what, and my mom would ever say, you ain't going out in the street looking like that with the holes between your pants and your dungarees. And I would never knew later that those rip up jeans in the front would become a fashion statement. You agree? Yes, 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 I do, I do, I do. Yeah, and you know, like I said, you know, it's not just you know the hip hop fashions, but you know that paved the way for Madonna and and Cindy Lauper. And I've seen all of the girls were dressing up either Madonna or Cindy Lauper. You know, like you know all that makeup and you know those little jelly beans uh, bracelets. And those fishneck stockings and, and and things like that. I was like, man, as I said earlier, is this fashion school? You and you me, I, I was like, this ain't no learning school. This is like a fashion school. Everybody's dressing up like somebody, whether they wearing, you know, those leather sheepskin coats or those, you know, mink coats and things like that. I said, I looked at my classmates, I said, Are you nuts? <laughs> this ain't no no place to learn and, and things like that and you'd be bopping into class and like yo what's up you know that that, that type of routine <laughs> yeah well you know like i said hip-hop brings out you know what hip-hop is an attitude i mean if you listen to any hip-hop especially back in the day it brought out some type of for me it brought out confidence and that's what I'm going to say hip-hop is, confidence. It tells a story, whatever story it is, but it brings out confidence. And if you, if you resonate with that, with whatever story they're trying to tell, tell, it brought out pure confidence. So if you felt like you couldn't 
move or sing or rap or, any, or whatever you felt for that day, whatever you're trying to do. You put on a rap song, it gives you, it inspires you. It, it brings, it fills up your confidence. You walk a certain way when you listen to hip-hop and wear hip-hop styles and stuff like that. Because you're a part of that. You're part of that energy that was put together 50 years ago. Now, speaking of that, I don't know if you remember the show or video Music Box when it first came out in 1985. But my little sister and I, we were just watching video music, but we were just flipping the channels and things like that with the remote control. And then we was watching video music box when it was on channel 31. And I've seen some of the rap videos back then. And, you know, when, when we didn't have cable, we didn't have MTV. We didn't have no cable back then. We just had either video music box and on ABC 7 on Friday nights, it was New York Hot Tracks, hosted by Carlos De Jesus. It would be on Friday nights, 12.30 to 2 in the morning, right after ABC's Nightline. And there were some other video shows, too, back then. So we didn't have cable. We just have, you know, the regular shows that would be on the regular channels. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think those shows used to come in after, what, 11? 11 o'clock or whatever? Yeah, like New York Hot Tracks will come on Friday night at 12.30, and then NBC had Friday night videos. That came on Friday night at 12.30, right after The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. So I'm, I'll be up a little bit, but not that much. So I said, let me just look at it, you know, like a couple of minutes and things like that. Now, I don't know if you remember the VH1's 100 Greatest Rock and Roll Moments that was on television. They were counting down all of the artists that appeared on daytime and late night and prime time. And they, and they added Friday night videos and they also added soul train and American bandstand and the midnight special. And yes, there were some rap artists that were on Saturday night live too. So even though it, it, it came universal worldwide, now everybody was understanding, especially when on the American Music Awards, you know, when Run DMC was nominated for all the awards, but they have lost that night. It was Whitney and Janet's night, and and so many people wanted Run DMC. I wanted them to win too, but it was Whitney's night and and Janet Jackson's night nonstop. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, uh, but you know things change now. Like uh, it's more, it's more like um, it's more rap. It's what people are listening to. This is all genres. This is everybody in the world. That's uh, it's all about rap. If you're not, you know, what I'm saying these days, these uh, the reward show now. You have some singers on there, but it's mostly rap. Yeah, you know the way things had changed back then. You know, many people may not understand what the music is all about you know some people say it wouldn't last some people say it may not stick for their music shows and when mtv came out when michael jackson broke broke down the window you know that paved the way for all of the r&b and hip-hop too so like you said you know it's the new generation they call it rebel music you know it was the unknown so but when when you get a chance to hear some of the mixes and things like this, like I said earlier, it started somewhere, whether it's from Barry White and Isaac Hayes and, and Jamaica, 
you know, they brought it here to the NYC. They mix it and everything. And when you hear the DJs, they'll be like mixing and scratching and maxing all the beats here and there. So once you get used to it, then then you then you know about it. Right. I mean, listen, rap has come a long way from people rapping and for 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 uh, you know just rapping slowly to people. I mean, talking fast and. I don't even know how they do it. I wish I could rap and everything, you know. But um, I, you know, hip hop is just—it's just, just another way to, to express one story. I mean, country is the same way. Every song, every every genre express their way, um, their life experience, or whatever, in a certain way. It might be country, it might be rock, it might be R and B, and it might be rap. You know, you just choose which one you want to do. It might be uh, techno. It might be. Uh, Barley Indian or something like that. She has a way of um, telling their story through music. It's just that people didn't, people, you know, the world didn't didn't know about rap. Thought it was just gibberish, and it's uh, gibberish that lasts for fifty years. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> not gibberish, you know. I, but I'm just, you know, that's what they were saying. It's not gibberish, but they were just saying it wasn't going to last. And look at it. Look at it now. Yeah, look at it now. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll come right back to talk with more with my friend and colleague from CBS News, Miss Tanya Dunham, as we celebrate 50 years of hip hop. You're listening to the Black Soul Music Experience. I'm Sam Wilson Jr. And I just want to say thank you for tuning in to my music podcast, the Black Soul Music Experience Podcast, where I bring you the history of black music, gospel, jazz, blues, old school classic soul, old school hip hop, today's hip hop and R&B, Caribbean, Latin, Afrobeat, Afro-Latina, Blue-Eyed Soul, Disco, Go-Go, Line Dances, and The Lost 45s. This year, it's going to be different, where I'm going to be doing all the talking, and I'll be bringing you more artist profile birthdays, and I finally got some special guests to be on my podcast. So in order for me to continue, then I need your help. Please, subscribe. Go to anchor.fm forward slash Samuel Dash Wilson Jr. forward slash subscribe. And please support my podcast. Go to anchor.fm forward slash Samuel Dash Wilson Jr. forward slash support. And keep listening to the Black Soul Music Experience Podcast every Tuesdays, available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for your support. Welcome back to the Black Soul Music Experience. I'm Sam Wilson Jr. and I'm here talking with my friend and colleague from CBS News, Miss Tanya Dunham. Well, before we continue with the with the interview, I want to hear a word from you, America, and I want to hear a word from you from around the world. So here's the question: as we celebrate 50 years of hip hop, who was your favorite hip hop artist? Was it from back in the day? or today posted at anchor.fm slash samuel dash wilson jr slash messages and i want to hear a word from you america and i want to hear a word from you from around the world 
Who was your favorite hip hop artist from back in the day and today? Go to anchor.fm slash Samuel dash Wilson Jr. slash messages. All right, we'll continue on with my guest, my friend and colleague, producer for CBS News, Miss Tanya Dunham, as we celebrate 50 years of hip hop. Now, here's another question that I wanted to ask you. Now, if you had your own radio show or podcast, who would you interview in hip hop? Now, that is a hard question because there's so many people that I like. Oh, my gosh. Um, I'll try to keep it short. So if I had my own podcast, um, if I were to interview somebody on my podcast, I would definitely want to interview Nas. I think he's one of the greatest rappers of all time. Um, definitely would love to interview um, Queen Latifah because, you know, women got into the game and she changed the game, you know? Um, and she opened up the doors for the great the people that are, the women that are out there. Oh, the second person, MC Light. She's been so cool all her life. I mean, her style, oh, I, just, I would love to sit down and meet her and talk with her about her craft. Um, of course, you know, I got to do with my man, Chuck D. Public Enemy. Um, well, oh yeah, Buster Rhymes. I mean, there's just so many people out on, on the West Coast. I would do Ice Cube. If if um, if uh, Easy was still alive, I would definitely do him. I mean, Dr. Dre. There's just so many people that that I would love to interview. Oh my gosh, uh, too hard to narrow that down. <laughs> Yeah, speak and yeah, and you and just mentioned Chuck D. Now I got a chance to meet him, you know, when I became a CBS employee of uh, thirty-four years ago. Records were still in the building after it was sold to Sony Music. I got a chance to meet Chuck D, a public enemy. Flavor Flav didn't come with him, so I got a chance to meet him and and also Cindy Lauper. She was another artist. And also, I saw a glimpse of LL Cool J. All the, I didn't get a chance to say hi to him, but I saw a glimpse of him. And this new white duo group coming out of Far Rockaway. Uh, the name of the group was called Third Base. That's the two white guys. Those are the two. Yeah, the MC Search. That's the one who had that logo on the back of his head. And... Prime Minister Pete Nice, that's the one with the cane. Those are the two white guys that were on the elevator. And I said to myself, who are these guys? And they were getting off the elevator. And by the time I saw their music video, I was like, oh, those are the new guys. Oh, okay. I, I can I can dig with that. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. MC Search and Prime Minister Pete Nice. Yeah, so, you know. When I, when I see some of the artists coming in, I was like, man, now since I'm doing this podcast, man, I said I would wish I would interview Chuck D or, or Cindy Lauper or, or Third Base, you know, just those guys and, 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 and things like that. So that was something, you know. So many people, I would do the whole just everybody in hip hop, seriously, because everybody had something that I like. You know, and it, you know, so <laughs> I mean, uh, um, who was uh, oh, that's 
definitely would love to sit down with Jay Z and get in his mind. How do you not know? He doesn't. You know, he doesn't write none of his raps down, right? Right. That's how he doesn't write not one. It's all in his head. You play the beat, you just go with it. And I, I would love to sit down with the mastermind like that. That I mean, you know. So I, I'm thinking the greatest hip hop male side. We're gonna say the males. We're gonna do the males. For me, is Nas, Jay Z, and uh, Eminem. Um, that, that's that genre. Then we have Kendrick Lamar, Lil Wayne. Um, where who else? Of course, Busta Rhymes. I love his rap style. KRS One is my mental man. There's just so many. Oh my God! And the women's side, I already told you, it was MC Light and Quint. I even love uh, Nicki Minaj, Nicki Minaj and um, Lil Kim and uh, Foxy Brown. Now, now, living or dead, which hip hop artist that you really wanted to interview? I know you. We just mentioned some of those, but you know, those that are no longer with us. Which would you really wanted to interview? Uh, um, DMX. And uh, Tupac, Shakur. Um, who else is gone? Who else left us? You know, Biggie Smalls, definitely. Um, but those, those are the three people that I would love to sit down and talk with, those three people that have passed on. And I'm sure there's many more, but those are the top. If I, if I was in a given a choice, you know, right off the top of my head, those three people, I, yeah. Tupac Shakur, Biggie Smalls, of course. But DMX, that's my, I mean, he wrote some lyrics that, I, that touched my soul. So he would be first. And then the other two. <laughs> yeah, and we just mentioned, and, you know, even though Public Enemy and and Tupac and Biggie, they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So you have three of those four hip hop artists that were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And you know, many people saying that why hip hop, why why hip hop in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Like I said, you know, it started somewhere. You know, it started it started with Little Richard and Chuck Berry. They were the originators of rock and roll. They started it, and and yes, gospel artist Sister Rosetta Tharp, she was the one who bought gospel music and that that electric guitar, so that had rhythm. So you know, it started somewhere. It was from us, black folks, and and yes, you country music. We don't want to leave that out. And you know, they were the pioneers in country music. You know, and speaking of that. Did you know that Jerry Reed and Johnny Cash and Dolly Parton, they were, they were rapping too. I remember them back in the early seventies, they would be talking, you know, or rapping into the song. I was like, they doing that too. I was like, my goodness. So I would never knew it would just be Barry White and Isaac Hayes. But then I would see some country artists of Johnny Cash and Jerry Reed and and Dolly Parton. So I was like, my goodness. So it, it, it inspired everyone everywhere around the world. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Of course, yeah. I mean, music elevates. 
see what I see. I'm curious to see how it's going to elevate before, you know, I, you know, when I get 80 years old, how it's going to change. How is rap or music going to change, period? Is it going to stay the same? Or is it going to regress back to the beginning? Is it going to do a full circle type thing? I don't know. That'll be interesting to see how it changes, how rap changes in the next 50 years or any genre. Now, um, you mentioned some of today's um, hip hop artists, and um, we have to mention, you know, um, some of the award shows. And like I said, they were part of VH1's 100 Greatest Rock and Roll Moments uh, appeared on television. Uh, we mentioned Little Kim. We mentioned Nicki Minaj and, and Foxy Brown. You know, I remember back then, you know, most of the time, you know, when you hear hip hop, it's like, nice and peaceful and you know when we talk about love we think about ll cool j and big daddy kane when you have hip-hop that have a good time and just party i think of curtis blow and grandmaster flash and the furious five and and kumo d when you hear hip-hop that makes you laugh i think of dj jazzy jeff and will the fresh prince smith and and yes, Biz Marquee, rest in peace to Biz Marquee. And when I hear hip hop in a social message, uh, I think about Boogie Down Productions with KRS-One and, and Public Enemy. Those are the ones that laid the foundation, you know, in hip hop. And you know, there are some nay haters out there that may not know what hip hop is all about. And then you have some politicians will probably say it's too you know, downgrading, prerogatory, and things like that. They're using songs in a political way and things like that. And speaking of that, so many hip-hop artists were involved in PSAs, you know, getting the young people out to vote. And I remember when MTV had that Choose or Lose campaign and, and also the Rock the Vote and the Rap the Vote PSAs. Those are some of the things that could get the young people involved in how to vote and to make sure that, you know, everything, your freedom is protected and things like that. So when you see artists like Madonna or actress Rosie Perez or rapper Heavy D or actress Katie Segal, they were involved in that Rock the Vote as well. They were aired on MTV. So as you can see, so many things, what happened, what took place, 50 years ago is still affecting now. So what I would like to see in my lifetime, I would like to see some more hip hop artists, you know, with the social issues, you know, something like that. What took place three years ago with this pandemic, with the death of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, that sparkled the Black Lives Matter movement. And then a year later, Asian Lives Matter movement as well. So that's something that I would like to see in my lifetime. You know, we all want to talk about the bling bling and the cars and, and things like that. But don't leave out some of the other things that's from the from today's headlines. And I, I saw this poster billboard three years ago and it had like this. If you love our music, then why can't you listen to our voices? And that means social issues. And that was coming from Republic Records. That was that billboard thing. That was when I was walking down 6th Avenue three years ago. And they had that billboard. 
it it kind of reminds us it's like saying we give y'all the love but you don't give the love back to us so i see that hip-hop is getting involved you know rebooting it again and then hopefully i would like to see that in in my lifetime do you agree yeah totally yeah we do need more um people to stand for social um social issues that are that are about now but you know what this world is so funny right now that people who will stand up for what they believe in uh something it'll touch somebody's uh feelings and next you know is a whole big hoopla about whatever you know, comedians can't even talk about um, real life issues without trying, without somebody feeling all bad, you know, bad about it, and try to sue your state or playing your name on the on the internet or anything like that. So, you know, I, I you know, like like you said, Public Enemy was was a a, a good group that um, talked about um, social issues in the black community, um, and still to say, but who does that now? Besides Kendall Lamar. Um, and maybe um, as a group, we have single people who uh, who might talk about things, you know, but not like uh, not like nothing like um, uh, Public Enemy. Um, what's the same? Um, uh, well, Drake is definitely good to do it. But uh, Kendrick Lamar and and uh, what's his name? Oh my God. Uh, Now, I don't know if you heard this. Um, I was watching something on YouTube, and that was from the CBS News archives. And they had clips from some of the interviews they have interviewed, you just mentioned. Um, they have interviewed Queen Latifah and the Sugar Hill Gang and Public Enemy. And they also interviewed Easy E, uh, the late Easy E. And they also um, interviewed Run DMC. And the Beastie Boys, and I said to myself, "Wow, CBS News did all the interviews. Wow, looks like looks like they keeping up with the times. And other networks, they were getting involved with that too. So you know, special shout out to some of the networks there. Now they're keeping up with the times and and, and things like that. So now America needs to wake up and to see that you know." And, and so many white people, you know, they have punk music. You know, they got Blondie and the Go-Go's and things like that. And, you know, for us, we, we have soul and gospel and, and jazz and the blues. And then hip-hop moved in. So you still have, we have a long way to go and things like that in musically, uh, music-wise. So many people may not understand what hip hop is, but if you take a listen and you hear the rhymes and hear it from someplace, then you'll know you'll you'll catch a beat to it. You agree? You definitely will. Yeah, you definitely will. You definitely will. It doesn't matter who you are. You listen to uh, so a rap song has supposed to taken over your soul at one time or whatever. You might be at work and you think you going through whatever a rap song has represented whatever you were going through in that day or moment or time, whatever, you know, 
if you, you if you want to if you if you, to me if you want to get crunked up this is me if I want to get crunked up and uh and, um you know get uh and, you know, and move I'm listening to some DMX yeah yeah and it might be some other people if I really want to get crunked up I might pull out some public public enemy and when I if I want to feel loved and and uh you know I might listen to some LLCJ you know it, there's different rappers for different times of your life you know what i'm saying whatever you're feeling that day you know <laughs> so yeah rap, and, that, and that's just music in general i you know i love music all the way around the whole spectrum i'm mostly uh r&b hip-hop lady but i don't get me wrong i do listen to rock i do listen to the country because the words resonate with what i'm feeling for that time um you know for that period when i'm listening to it I might be going through some, I might throw on some country, you know, listen to a country channel or an apple. Or uh, I might want to feel, uh, I feel like uh, banging my head, so I, I throw on some rock. But I'm not the heavy rock person. I like the, I like all the soft rock. And then today's rock, too. So music just goes about, you know, with your personality, whatever you're feeling with that day. It doesn't have to be just rap. Yes, that is true. Same thing here. Okay, now, here's a little bonus for you. It's time now to do our Black Soul Music Experience Top 10 Artists of All Time. Now, since we are doing a 50 Years of Hip Hop episode, we're going to make it the Black Soul Music Experience Top 10 Hip Hop Artists of All Time. So, are you ready, Tanya? Ready. Okay, here we go. Who should be at number 10? All time? Number 10? Yes. Uh, oh, God. I want to say, I'm going to say, uh, you're going to have to help me out here, Sam. Because like I said, I have so many people willing. You throw one out there and I'll say, yeah, or nay. I'll, I'll, so who do you think is the, should be number 10? Okay, uh, I'm gonna go with the uh, little Kim. Oh, okay, all right, all right. I'm gonna go with um. Yeah, you took that one. That was little Kim. We'll go with. I'll, I agree with you on that one. We'll go with little Kim. So it's gonna be women and men. All right. Yes. We got it. All right. Yeah, I'll stick with little Kim. Okay. All right. Who should be at number nine? Number nine, are we doing future, I mean, president past, or? It could be any, back in the day or today. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with Lauren Hill. Yes, Lauren Hill of the Fugees, and then broke out into her own solo LP that broke everything. It sold over 5 million copies in print, and... And I didn't know that Lauren Hill was on As the World Turns. And I was like, wow, did she start out in daytime and then move on to hip hop? Yeah, I didn't even know that. I didn't know you. I learned something new. Yes. It was on that VH1s, you know, before they were stars. And I was like, wow. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay, who should be at number eight? Number eight, 
I'm going to say Drake. Ah, Drake. Yes. Half singer, half rapper coming out of Canada. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I go with Drake as well. All righty. Who should be at number seven? Number seven, I'm going to put T.I. We got to put some Southern stuff up in there. They said he was up in it. You know, T.I. was up there. You know, I think he, he's a, I think he's all right. So we'll play the seven. <laughs> okay, T.I., you can do whatever you like. <laughs> okay. Who should be at number six? Foxy Brown. Foxy Brown? Okay. 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 All right. She was spitting out rhymes and things like that. I like her style. She was cool. She made me feel good, too. Right. Um, so was it number five now? Yeah, up to number five. Oh, my God. Oh, God. So the top one, I'm going to put I'm gonna put Buster Rhyme at number five. Buster Rhyme. Buster Rhyme. Okay, Buster Rhymes. He was part of the group. Leaders of the new school went out in his own, breaking some millions of copies. Yes, Buster Rhymes. Okay, who should be at number four? I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, um, I'm gonna put Kendrick Lamar in the great. Okay, Kendrick Lamar at number four. He won a couple of Grammys uh, a few years ago. So, you know, shout out to Kendrick Lamar. All right, who should be at number three? I'm going to say Queen Latifah. Okay, the one and only Queen Latifah at number three. Okay, we're down to number two. Who should be at number two? We'll say Jay-Z. Okay, Jay-Z, that's right, number two. And who should be at number one? I go with my man, Nas. <laughs> that man has uh, some rap. Uh, he's an, uh, I think, oh my God, between him and Eminem. Their rap stories, their oh, lyrical, no, they're just lyricalists, period. And nobody, when they're, when they're rapping, Oh, it takes you to a different level. If you really listen to it, oh my God, it takes you to another level. So I'm gonna say with Nas, stick with Nas. Nas and Eminem are tying up with me. Okay, so there we have it. We have the top ten hip hop artists of all time. Well, Tanya, it is a pleasure to be with you, and it's a pleasure to have you back on my Black Soul Music Experience. Thank you for sharing uh, your report on the Hip Hop Museum and giving us some of the 50 years of hip hop 
and and things like that and if you have any other topics you're welcome to stop on by all right well it was a pleasure being with you too sam and you know i love talking music so yes anytime you need me call okay (laughs) thank you so much and ladies and gentlemen download all of the hip-hop artists that we just talked about on this episode visit itunes.com spotify.com or you can purchase a CD at Amazon.com. And ladies and gentlemen, if you want to hear this interview, please subscribe by going to anchor.fm slash Samuel Wilson Jr. slash subscribe. And please support my podcast. Visit anchor.fm slash Samuel Wilson Jr. slash support. And please pass it on. Thank you for joining me as I close out this edition of the Black Soul Music Experience. Well, that's about it for this edition of the Black Soul Music Experience. I'm Sam Wilson Jr. Thank you for joining me and please tune in next week for an all new episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe by going to anchor.fm slash Samuel Wilson Jr. slash subscribe. And please support my podcast by going to anchor.fm slash Samuel Wilson Jr. slash support. You can also leave your message by going to anchor.fm slash Samuel Wilson Jr. slash messages. And please leave your feedbacks and your comments and your replies by going to my Facebook homepage. Go to facebook.com slash the Black Soul Music Experience Podcast. And you can also tweet me on Twitter at Sam Wilson Jr. 66. As always, parting, remember this. Reach for the top and your dreams will come true and it can happen to you. From all of us, take care. God bless. Thanks for listening. Have a good week. And please be safe.